This is Notable Nerds, a pro nerd report podcast where we introduce you to really cool nerds who are doing really cool things. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my goal is to highlight nerdy, talented people who are killing it in the world. In each episode, we will hear their origin story, and they will impart a bit of advice and wisdom to others who might be looking to get in their industry or just learn something new. Without further ado, thank you for joining us, and now let's meet today's Notable Nerd. Hey, it's your boy Sebastian. Just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode of Notable Nerds was recorded before I changed the podcast name from The Pro Nerd Report to Notable Nerds. Notable Nerds is a podcast under the Pro Nerd Report brand. Just wanted to let you know so you didn't think you were listening to the wrong show. That said, thank you and enjoy. Coming up on today's show, we have a special guest in the building. That's right, Alan Clark is joining us to talk about video game addiction, what video games to play to relax, and we create our ideal video game soundtrack. All this and more on this episode of the Pro Nerd Report. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me today, we have a very special guest in the building. His name is Alan Clark, and he's here to talk about all the sweet and spicy nerdy goodness in video games. How you doing today, Alan? I'm doing good, Sebastian. Thanks very much for, for having me on. Really appreciate the invite. Oh, I appreciate you being here. So before we get started, can you tell the people all about yourself? Introduce yourself to the Pro Nerd Nation. <laughs> the Pro Nerds. What up, nerds? Remember, remember that used to be an insult? It that? used to be. Now it's a <laughs> oh, badge of honor. Oh, you're such a nerd. I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm one. Yeah, yeah now <laughs> it's a badge of honor. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. So my name is Alan Clark. I'm a psychotherapist in Ireland. And I'm a podcast host of the Straight Talk and Mental Health Podcast. And my degree is in counseling and psychotherapy. And my master's is in child and adolescent psychotherapy. And my dissertation, so my research for my master's, was on internet gaming disorder, better known as video game addiction. Okay, okay. So speaking of video games, what's your history with them? Like, how did you get started with video games? I, I go way back. I go way back to the eighties. Uh, and my first, my first video games, not a video game console because there, there really was one at the time. A lot of was there was the Atari. So I had the Atari twenty six hundred. Um, but my kind of real one then was a, a Spectrum forty eight K computer. Okay, for forty eight kilobits of memory. Uh, then I went on to Super Nintendo's, you know, Street Fighter, Mario Kart, and stuff like that. And then since then, it's been playstation all the way had a couple of xboxes but playstation one to five has uh, has really been uh, my kind of core i got you i got you so you went more so on the side of playstation is that because you're into more like the single player narrative games that they cater to more so than xbox yeah pretty much but I, but i think because you know they came out with the playstation one mm-hmm. before you know that was there was no xbox there weren't there weren't a competition with anything and you know, I remember at the time, and they go, "Oh my God, these graphics are amazing! Oh, look at this! It's wow!" And now you look back and you're like, "Whoa, it's rough." We, it really I'm sure is. we'll do that with PlayStation Five in years to come. Like, oh yeah. my God, I used to think these graphics were amazing. Look at them now. Yeah, so I like to do a segment for new guests where I kind of like let the audience get to know them through like an icebreaker question, and we call it "Putting You on the Spot." So you're putting you on the spot question is going to be what is your top five games of all time top five games this is this is hard you know this this is really like like picking one of your kids 
Yeah, it know, is tough. It really is. Like, like probably deep down, you you probably have a real favorite, but you know you can't say that. Yeah, but for sure. It's it, it, it's really it's it's a really difficult question, and there's so many. I love so many games for so many different reasons. So I, I suppose, as I mentioned, there was. Uh, I, I I kind of I'm probably going to cheat. I'm going to put Super Mario Kart and Street Fighter. Okay. Uh, two together because that was the one where you could properly play. You know, you could hold it, you could properly play with someone else, myself, and my cousins. Mm-hmm. We used to have like tournaments, you know, winner stays on. And oh, yeah, cousins, yeah. It sure. was his Nintendo, and he always won. <laughs> and it was, uh, can I curse? Or can we curse on the podcast? Yeah, go ahead. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, this, oh, yeah, this is let it fly. <laughs> he, he was just, and he had this laugh that he deliberately used to do, and I'll never forget it because it's burned into my fucking brain. Where he where he'd win, he'd beat you on his console at Mario Kart, and he'd go, "What?" And you're just like, "Oh my god!" I just want to punch the face off you. And he did it a lot because it was his console, and I didn't have one at the time. So, so he sounded was... like a video game character every time he laughed, basically. Oh, he's like, yeah, he's just he was just like a villain, like he's just some <laughs> cartoon villain that that just had this penetrating brain laugh that just inflicted rage. Good job he couldn't rage quit at the time because obviously the the controllers were wired into the console. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, but that I think the two of them and, and most of that association of playing playing video games with my cousins and the the two that were the main ones at the time were, were Mario Kart and Street Fighter. So mm-hmm. they hold a special place in my heart for for that reason. Uh, moving upwards, then I'm sort of going from the past, moving into the moving into the future. Uh, Medal of Honor, the original Medal of Honor on. Oh wow, that's a deep cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason why, and every time, you know, every time they go, oh, they're doing a redo of such and such a game, or they're, you know, they're upgrading, they're doing such and such a game. And every time I'm always looking for the original Medal of Honor. I just I just remember it as being so atmospheric. I remember the soundtrack of it. Uh, at the time, I had, like, at the time, what was a big-ass TV, a 32-inch TV, mm-hmm. but, like, the old TVs that you needed yeah, the big boxes. Yeah, oh, like, this, this thing was heavy. Because it had, uh, it was so it was five point one, so it had the speakers in, and it had two external speakers oh, wow. with it as well. And and just playing playing Medal of Honor, and I remember, you know, there's a bit where you go under, you go into a kind of a sewer, and you can hear the you can hear the tanks driving over, and with the surround sound, I was like, oh, this is this is so cool, it's coming from behind me. Yeah, and just the immersion of that, and and the soundtrack, and I, I think it was DreamWorks. I think DreamWorks did it. I think it, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was it was movie esque in terms of the soundtrack. Uh, I know it was a, I know it was a first person shooter and stuff like that, but I ju- just that has a has a special place in my heart, just for that immersion of the soundtrack and the surround sound and stuff like that. Solid uh, campaign so, as well. Yeah, it was really yeah, it was solid. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. I remember you could shoot the helmet and you hit the helmet and they didn't die. So yeah, sometimes you'd yeah. shoot the helmet and a realistic and element to you it. You shoot them in the foot and they'd hop and stuff like that. So rather than they just they just died because you shot them in the knee. So mm-hmm. you know, elements like that just uh really, really made a stand out for myself. So that was on the PlayStation. Again, I am gonna cheat again. I got a, I got a okay. cheat code again because I couldn't I don't think I could pick one, but the Uncharted series. Oh um, wow, okay. Uh, like just story driven, you know, really good character development, um, and just a ton of fun as well. Like, um, I love the so, games, I absolutely yeah. love them. I think four and Lost Legacy are probably the standout for me in the Uncharted, but I love the first three as well. Yeah, oh, four, yeah, definitely four. Actually, I replayed four again after seeing the movie, mm-hmm. uh, so I seen the, the Tom Holland movie, 
was like, oh, it took a lot of elements, you know, with Sam, with his brother. Yeah. Um, it's like a good so, mixture between like the first one and the fourth one. And they kind of yeah. combine those. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a fun movie. I, I thought, you know, I, I think the movie gets and, too much. I was slack, going to enjoy like, it and I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was a fun movie. I, didn't, I think that movie gets too much flack, you know, like, because I think there are way worse movies, especially video game centric movies out there. Mm. So, um, Uncharted, like, did you play the, Lost the Legacy Uncharted as well? Series, yeah. Sorry? Did you play Lost Legacy as well with um, Nadine and Chloe? They're, yeah. They're yeah. Story. They're okay. Just great games. Great, great characters and great uh, uh, development of characters, you know, and particularly really the, the dynamic between the brothers in, in uh, 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, that was a Thief's End, wasn't it? That was... That was, yeah. that was, um, yeah. yeah, that was four where they introduced Nate and Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, I love that dynamic in it. Um, and yeah, I suppose it was coming on a later console for, so, you know, the graphics were there, you know, they could do more, they could do more with it. But any of them, uh, any of those games, standalone games, I, I, I would take happily. So, side question based on the way like four ended, would you want them to continue the series with Nathan, or would you want them to do like a if there was a new game that they announced like tomorrow, would you want a new Nathan Drake game, or would you prefer them to go in, in another direction with maybe a new character or something? Well, I, I actually thought how it ended, they were setting up, they were setting up his daughter, maybe. I thought um, so too. Yeah, I, I thought that was mm-hmm. going to be the direction they're going to go. But then I was like, is it going to be too, too Tomb Raider-y? Um, what, what's the kind of, what's the market for, for another uh, another female character like that? It may be, uh, but, but I'm not sure. Um, like like I said, Lost Legacy did really well um, as far as like two female-centric kind of characters. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really um sure. Like, I'm, I wonder if like, they what's the story they tell there because i feel like any story that's involving like nate's daughter is going to be heavily involving nate as well so oh, it has to yeah yeah for yeah, sure so i'm not really sure what's left for nate as far as like what we all haven't already explored though yeah but i i, I take any excuse, <laughs> any excuse. <laughs> to have some more of it yeah just just to uh just to get the chance to play another one i understand yeah, but the, but the standalone with, with the with the two female characters that was really good, and of course Chloe, Chloe's as a game character, Chloe's pretty hot, like. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she is. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> so what would be your so on your list? You have Uncharted. So have... I've gone Mario Kart, Street Fighter, mm-hmm. uh, Medal of Honor, Uncharted, and then Last of Us. Oh, okay, that's what I'm talking about. So, um, are you doing Last of Us one? Or are you doing them both as a series? Uh, did you enjoy the second one. one i was going with one because i thought i cheated enough already okay okay uh, that's reasonable but, yeah and this this is where my son so my my eldest son he's now 22 uh just finished just finished college actually just got his uh first class honors degree in journalism yesterday congratulations results he put me on to last of us oh wow and he has earned some serious brownie points off that game oh i bet so it's then he put me onto Dishonored. I was like, nah. He put me onto God of War. I was like, nah. And there was something else as well. I was like, now nah, you're done. You're done. You blew all the goodwill that you had with Last of Us. That's gone now. Any recommendation now is just <laughs> will will be just taken on on its own merit. But the, the first Last of Us is just, I, th- I think I've played that game through maybe three or four times. Um, it is astonishing. It is such good storytelling. Yeah, and it was P- PS3, was it? I think that was PS3. Yeah, yeah. It? it originally came out yeah. on PS3, and then it was remastered for the PS4, and now mm. it's 
now the last the, of us remake comes out this september where they yeah, remake the, the remastering it or remake, yeah yeah so to, they're putting to tie in with the tv series with the tv show isn't it? oh i'm so excited for that like that yeah. show is gonna be amazing yeah i think so yeah the cast on that alone is is really solid, so I'm just excited. And HBO does really good work with their shows. Yeah, you so. know, you know, HBO aren't going to really drop the ball with it. So yeah, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. But the first, the first Last of Us, um, like I said, I wasn't going to cheat with the two of them. But again, as a series, I I think Last of Us, and oh, I, I can't even pick between if I would put them one or two. But my my next one then is Red Dead, Red Dead Two. Oh, I love um, it. Just the amount of detail in that game, the story, the characters, as they go off into the different places, you know, the whole... I know some people didn't like the bit when they go off to the island and stuff like that, but I was like, mm-hmm. imagine you just could have left it. You could have left all that bit out. But you've decided, no, let's create this whole other world. And I love that these characters into it. Mm-hmm. I think that part was really cool, and we got to see a different level of game design from that studio. So I really enjoyed the island dynamic in Red Dead Two. Yeah, I, I think when when I first started playing this, and I mean it's okay. I, well, I'll give a spoiler there, but I mean if people don't know by now, like, but when, yeah, it's, when, it's five years old at this point. Yeah, you can cut it out. You can cut it out. But when Arthur died, I was like, oh, I remember coming up to was like, Arthur better not die. Mm-hmm. He better not die. How how am I gonna save him? Uh, but when he died, I was like, geez, you killed the main character. Like, that's that's some move. It's guts. It is guts. Yeah. I... It was the same. I think it, I think they did the same with, well, not they did, but Last of Us 2 when, um, oh, what was Joel. the character's name? Joel at the very beginning. Yeah, but then, no, they, they got rid of Joel. But then when you play as the, as the other girl, what was her name? Um, Abby. With the big shoulders. Yeah, Abby. Abby, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, this one has has killed Joel, and now you're going to play as her. Yeah, remember, that was controversial. I remember controversial. at the start, I was like, I'm not even getting health packs. I'm not like she can die. I'm, I'm exactly. doing everything to get her killed. And then at the end, with you know, with this fantastic storytelling, they bring it to the point where at the end, I was like, Ellie, don't kill her, don't kill her, Ellie, don't kill her, don't. Uh, yeah, I I fell in love with Abby as that game went yeah. on. I know a lot of people still hate her because of what she did to Joel, but like. I feel like, yeah, like you said, the storytelling was so good. <laughs> you know, yeah. So. Oh, man. I, I mean, it's I fantastic can't... storytelling and character development. Oh, for sure. I can't wait to get more Last of Us. Like, I know we're getting the remake, which is which will put, like, The Last of Us 1 in The Last of Us 2's engine. So it's The Last of Us 2's gameplay with the first game. Yeah. And even though I've already played that story, like, six times, I'm down for it again. <laughs> Just to have yeah. an excuse to be back in that world. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of like, yeah, but they're putting it out as a full game, you know, like a full, full price. Full oh, game. that's controversial to to me. Yeah, like seventy dollars like, yeah, is a that's high a bit bar. too much. Yeah, I think that's a wait for a sale type of deal. Like, oh, I yeah, can do yeah. thirty. I'll, I'll do that. Well, yeah. You know, I won't be buying it. I, I, I thought I, I thought they did the same with uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I think, mm-hmm. you know, because that that should have been just a DLC. You know, yeah, thirty forty dollars or something like that, as opposed to putting it out as a and I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic game, but I, I didn't think there was enough in it. To it is very it. short. It is an eight-hour experience, basically. Yeah, so it is almost too short to actually put for full full price. So anywhere yeah, around that, that, that like, that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a bit much as a full price game. Yeah, but it was a really good experience. I really enjoyed that game, and then to be honest, that was one of my favorite like aspects of storytelling when the PS5 came out. Like. That game, I played a little Demon Souls, you know, around the entry point of, of getting the PS5, but 
Mm. That game really, to me, was just like, oh, wow, I have a PS5, and this is like my breakout game for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of had that. So when I got the PlayStation Four, the first the first game I got with it was uh, Arkham Knight. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So that was like, oh wow, you're driving around the Batmobile. Look at these graphics; it's amazing. Um, so I, I had I kind of had that feeling with with the PlayStation Four with, with Arkham. So you brought up Arkham Knight. Are you going to play? Um, are you playing? Going to play Gotham Knights this fall? Oh yeah, I mean you have to have to do it. Actually, I seen a new trailer for it. Maybe it came from Comic Con or something like that. Yeah, a, a new trailer flashed up there yesterday. So, yeah, I think you know, I think what DC, I think what DC do well is to do adult themes. Mm-hmm. I think where the fail is when they try to be when they try to be Marvel. I think yeah. make it. I thought Titans. I thought the Titans TV show was fantastic. You know, make it gritty, make it adult world, and and you can't go you can't go wrong. You know, yeah, I, for I sure. Think, I, mean, I think I think when they try to appeal to the younger crowd, just to kind of jump on the Marvel, Marvel Universe, DCEU Universe, mm-hmm. it's just not them. You know, I think I think they should stick to what to do best. Yeah, for sure. I'm right there with you because, like, I think like when they lean more towards like the adult centric themes and adult centric like materials, is that that's when they really shine. Even with like materials like the Batman and Birds of Prey, or if we mm-hmm. want to go closer to like the the video game side of it you know like arkham universe and such like that like those are very heavy games and at point there are points in times where like people drop off and die a lot in those games so Mm -hmm. i feel like they're really good at telling more adult-centric stories as well yeah yeah i think i think that i think to do that well i thought birds of prey that was a fantastic movie actually i I re i rewatched suicide squad last week Mm -hmm. that is not a great movie (laughs) <laughs> um, are we talking about the first Suicide Squad? The first Suicide thing? Squad. Yeah, the yeah. first one's terrible. Absolutely. I, I, but, but you know what? And I rewatched it last week because I was actually I was going to watch Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. and then I was like, Nah, I'll kind of I'll, I'll go off from the start. I'll watch Suicide Squad, and I'd seen it. I seen it in the movies. I think I'd seen it streaming then as well. And I was like, Oh, maybe I was just maybe I just judged it too harshly. No, um, it's I'm, bad. You know, I'm, I just maybe I was kind of hating on it because I was like, but I rewatched it last week, and I was like, Oh no, this is bad. Like this is just. <laughs> It's, it's, bad. it's bad. It's probably one of the worst superhero movies of the last like five to ten years. Yeah, uh, and again, I kind of feel Jared Leto. I think he. I, I couldn't figure out if he was hard done by or was he was he bad as a Joker. I just, I, I did kind of feel though he was like, I think he's the only Joker I've seen on screen where you go, that's a Joker that would beat the shit out of Robin with a crowbar. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, I believe that he was that kind of Joker. Mm-hmm. So I understand what you mean, because I do think, especially if they leaned more towards that comic book storyline, I think he would have been perfect for it. But they never really gave him a chance to actually shine like he never actually. No, he didn't get a like a fair shot. He every scene that he was in was very clipped. It was very short. So he never actually got a script that favored him and let him actually shine as that character. Did I see there's going to be Harley Quinn and Joker TV series? Is that accurate? That's what I'm hearing. Um, Harley Christina Ricci as as Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to see it to believe it though, because right mm. now, you know, especially with um Warner Brothers and and WB in general being bought recently, you know, and going to Discovery. So I will see what they do with that shakeup before I'd like. Yeah. Okay. I, this is an actual thing that's coming. But th- that was actually one of the things, though, that uh, when I watched Suicide Squad, I actually got annoyed because I was like, oh, what, what's what's the next Harley Quinn project? Margot Robbie's a fantastic. I thought she was a fantastic Harley Quinn. What's, what's I think she, she doing really next? is. 
Yeah, I'm and there's like, nothing. She's she's not. She's got nothing in the pipeline. Is Harley Quinn? No, absolutely nothing right now. So I agree yeah, with you. I think you, even like, Birds of Prey too. It's about uh, the other characters. So it really like, is. Oh geez, you had one. You had one solid character that you've really done good work with. Even the even the animated show was fantastic. As, but I was really disappointed then that she may be doing as Harley Quinn. I love the animated show, and oh, it's so getting, good. It really is. It's so funny too. We're getting season three, I think, within a couple of weeks. Soon, yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. I th- even the fact that uh, JB Smooth from uh, Carbon Enthusiasm. Yeah, voice, yeah, he's like, really that's good. That's reason enough for me to love it. He is really good in it. So we talked about your favorite like five video games of all time. What video games do you like to play to relax? Uh, so as as the uh, as the top five has has given um definitely so story driven just some narrative driven character driven um gameplay you know i really love to immerse myself in the story and the characters um the visuals as well i mean the ghost of tsushima i mean that that visually for me was like that was just a stunning game just a beautiful and that was that, i think that was one of the first ones i had on ps5 and i was like that's just wow um, it is so magnificent. It is yeah. beautiful. The aesthetic is absolutely like glowing. There are parts, no matter where you go in the island, that will take your breath away. It is that it's it's eye candy. It really is. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah, but I even felt of how how they did to manage the wind as the direction, which direction to go. I love that the aspect wind. in the game. I was yeah. like, oh, what a what a genius! What a genius touch. And it, and that's something I never had seen before. To that the wind would actually give you like the direction of what to go in. Yeah, because because typically like, you're looking at the arrow. You, you'll have yeah. your line, you know, follow the arrow. Okay, will I go off to the side or will I go the direct route? And so then you've got this, and I was like, oh, what a what an excellent, what an excellent gun. It was an excellent choice because I'm like that adds to the immersion of that world. It's like the lore of that world where the wind is basically like that spirit fairy that guides you to the next destination. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love so, that. So it made me want to visit Japan. Oh, <laughs> really, I understand. Really made me want to go. Oh, I'd love to go to Japan. I understand, especially like the the leaf scenes, like where you're actually like underneath the trees and you can see the leaves falling. Yeah, it's magnificent. It really is stunning. Did, so did so you complete the game? Oh yeah, actually the one and only game I've ever got a platinum trophy on. on what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really go for the main story. Do all the side quests. I'm really not one for collecting collecting trophies or anything like that. I just love to love to get that story. Um, just it's, it's probably just from being such a movie fan, mm-hmm. you know, that just that to play as the character, to see that character's development, to see to get to that finale, you know, that that for me is the is is the big win. So, did you ever play the game in the black and white mode, that monochrome like movie mode that they had? No. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go back and do that one actually. Yeah. So I like, forgot, if you ever about that. yeah, if you ever get a chance to load it back up, they have like a monochrome movie mode to where it's like an old school samurai flick. That's oh, a wow. really cool aesthetic. So like, yeah. I didn't even though, I, even those little bits when you when you come on a jewel and you know yeah, just really flicks, flicks the sword out of scabbard oh, and that's like ah oh, just the standoffs are amazing, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Amazing. I'm yeah. I'm so excited to see what they do with that IP in the future because you know like Sucker Punch is still working on that. They're working on Ghost of Tsushima too, and I'm that's yeah. probably my most anticipated game right now, at least in the top five. Yeah, yeah. So, what other games do you like to play to relax? 
Uh, what am I playing at the moment? Actually, you know what I'm having fun playing at the moment, and I have very low expectations for it. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I loved that game. Absolutely. I think that's been a, that's been a ton of fun. <laughs> it really, really is. I think because I think I played I played a little bit of the Avengers, and I was like, oh, I didn't really like it. I think I played a demo or something like that, mm-hmm. and I kind of I was expecting the same of for Guardians, and I was like, this is this is a really fun game. It really, really enjoying is. it. It's closer yeah. to, I don't know if you played the Mass Effect series, but it's kind of more closer to that in the way they tell stories and the way you get to interact with like your companions on the ship than, than it was like Marvel's Avengers. Because I thought Marvel's Avengers was atrocious, but this game yeah. is phenomenal. The story is well done. I love that the fact that they're not the MCU versions of themselves. They're more like the comic book adaptations. Yeah. Well, so I'm sure partially due to us not being able to get uh, likeness rights and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But it worked out well because I feel it like... It did, yeah. They, they really do work. You know, you forget about looking for the... Uh, the exact the movie characters. You yeah. know, you, and you take them as... You take them as their standalone characters. You really do. You really do. Because I think... I absolutely love like this version of Gamora. I like this version of Drax, the one that's more like a little more serious. He does have his comedic moments, but he's a little yeah, more serious. Yeah. He actually feels like a destroyer as well. Yeah, I, Drax is so funny. As, you know, as, as someone that has autism, and you know, you definitely you look at a Drax and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get it. How Asperger's is is Drax. <laughs> <laughs> I love him though. I love him in the MCU and in the the video games. He's probably one of the, one of the funniest characters in both both universes. Definitely, yeah, yeah, very good. So that, that that's what I'm playing at the moment. Of that's that's been a that's been a ton of fun. I said I think I went in with with probably zero expectations and it it, it excelled. Yeah, it really does. So, really fun game. Have you gotten very far in it yet? Uh, I'm I'm yeah, I'm pretty far in. Oh, what did I ju- I just mess um. This pr- the priest guy, yeah. Okay, I've just I've just met him, uh, so that's that's right where I've got it uh, at the moment. So okay, I'll jump back so in. Pretty good, pretty good. We, indicator. We've met him, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you like the um, the music dynamic where you do like the group huddle? Because I think that's one of my favorite parts of the game. Where you're like, oh, the soundtrack. The soundtrack oh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. You know, when you've got wham. And they're like, salt. <laughs> what else do you need? Like, what else do you really need in the game? I oh, love yeah. it. So, yeah, that's that's a that's a good little element. It's amazing how just a small little feature can just add some originality to something. Yeah, it really is. So you mentioned earlier on the top of the show that you wrote a video game dissertation. Can you enlighten the audience a little bit about that? Yeah, so my dissertation for my master's on my master's is in child and adolescent psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was struggling on a topic, and you know, I work with I work with teenagers. I'm a psychotherapist in private practice. I work with teenagers, and you know, the most common presenting issues would be kind of like anger, anxiety, stuff like that, uh, bullying in school. And I was and I was looking at those topics at the time. And at the time, I, I remember being in class, and there was a lot of parents in the group, and they're you know they're talking about the kids, and this was really at the kind of height of Fortnite. Where like Fortnite was just to blame for everything, like, um, and they're all going, "Oh, did you see this thing in the paper where the young man was playing for eighteen hours and then he destroyed the bedroom and his mother took the console off him and this kind of stuff?" And you know, the, the, the typical moral panic that goes along with video games. Yeah, and and my point was, I was like, "Yeah, but the parent let the fucking kid play for eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. 
where's the parental responsibility in this? Like the kid will play it for as long as the kid as he's able it. to. Yeah. Yeah. Because the parent has allowed it. And it's like, yeah, I said, I've, I've been playing video games since the eighties. It's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not addicted to video games. I'm not, you know, this isn't, this isn't just resonating with me or people I know that, that play video games. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, well, I like video games. Um, this would be a good topic. So I did I did my dissertation and my research on internet gaming disorder within Irish within Irish adolescents. It's only a small study of 50, 50 people and stuff like that. Um, and what it brought up was the flawed system around the diagnostic criteria of yeah. video games addictions. Can you enlighten us on that a little bit? Well, a, a, a big a big part of it, and the, the major issue is the addiction criteria is typically taken from substance abuse. Mm-hmm. So you're talking alcoholism or drug abuse and stuff like that. And then what they tried to do was to try to cram it into or cram the video game into those diagnostic criteria. So, you know, it talks about withdrawal and stuff like that. I mean... Again, based on you know someone coming off drugs and stuff like that, that's that's what it's that's what it's applied to. So it's it's a flawed diagnostic criteria. The the, the World Health Organization that everyone knows, obviously after COVID and the pandemic and stuff like that, and they were given all the, the medical advice. So in, within their in in their manual, they have included it. They have said, okay, internet gaming disorder is is a thing. Mm-hmm. The APA, which is the American Psychiatric Association, and their book, the DSM, the DSM five, so the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. So basically, if you're if you're getting officially diagnosed with something, you have to meet X criteria. So you know, yeah. five of nine kind of thing for depression or anxiety or schizophrenia, this sort of stuff. They they have come out and they've gone, eh, we're kind of holding back a little bit. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We need we need to see a lot more research on it. And that's the key piece. Like it needs a lot more research. It needs, so, and even the even the World Health Organization they came out and they had said that there was political pressure to include it from China and Korea. Oh wow! Such a massive problem with um, gaming and gaming disorder, mm-hmm. and that's not just necessarily gaming, but you know, online, you know, phone phone games, this sort of stuff as well. So, uh, I think in a Korea, then at one point they brought in a curfew. Yeah, they did for under search, and it didn't work because the kids were taking their parents' IDs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a flawed it's a flawed diagnostic criteria because it's based on something that isn't really relevant. You know, Mm -hmm. so you could say, you know, so one of the criteria would be a preoccupation. You know, you can't wait to get home to to play your game. You can have that around a book. That is true. You know, if you've got a good book and you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to see what happens in the next chapter. Stuff like that. Happens it's... all the time with TV shows. Can't wait until the next week to see Absolutely. the next episode. You, you know how much we can't wait? Because they give us all the fucking episodes in one go. <laughs> there, you go <laughs> yeah. there you go. Binge watch it. Mm-hmm. Throw away 10 hours, of your, 10 hours of your life. All in one go. And of course, you know, games then, they meet our psychological needs. Mm-hmm. And, and, and game developers know this and 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 they and they apply it and there's the 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 self-determination theory and you know these these basic psychological needs that we all have for competence so how competent do you feel when you know you you defeat a boss or you level up or you know you get on to the next part of the story how many times have you 
you know, gone to bed because you couldn't defeat a boss or something like that, and you wake up the next day, and obviously it's knocked around and you're unconscious, and you go, oh, I know what to do, I know what to try. And you know what? What a sense! What a sense of a comp of competence that you get from that. It really is. And then, and then you've got the the social aspect. Now, as I said, I'm I'm not a huge online player. I, I prefer story driven modes, um, but it's the online social aspect of it that has the highest rate of addiction. So the MMO MMO RPGs, so you're massive multi online player role playing games, you like the Warhammer and stuff like that. That's that's where you're most likely to see the addiction, and the players will admit it themselves. Yeah, so like you've got social. You know, you're, you're playing online with all of your friends, and typically, and 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 by admittance from a lot of the people that have been addicted, they didn't have a lot of real world friends. So, and it's the same as any addiction. Really, what you need to be looking at is, well, what's missing from the real world life. That video games are such an escape. And that's obviously, deep. that's why we all play video games. We love the escapism. We love the fantasy of being able to be a samurai, of being able to kill be zombies, Batman. to be Batman, to be a cowboy. You know, of course, it's 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 escapism. So meeting meeting those needs of competence and uh autonomy and 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 social, you know, the social needs that we all have, the sense of mastery over our own life. Where, where do you want to go in, in GTA? Wherever you want. <laughs> Drive around. Put on your music. Drive your car. Be a good guy. Be a bad guy. Be be the kind of guy you want to be. That's, that's something we don't get. We don't get in the real world. We get to die. <laughs> that's basically it. And, and you get to retry again. Okay, that didn't work. So all of this stuff that we don't get in the real world, we get through video games. And the people that are most likely to become addicted, you know, through the likes of MMORPGs and stuff like that, is the ones without those needs being met in the real world. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So it's, it's escapism. It's the same. Any, any addiction is basically a mood modifier. I'm feeling one way and I want to feel another way. It's the same as the, you know, the, and the, the, the debate has raged for as long as I've been around, the violence of video games. Mm -hmm. But what what the research shows is that those people have a predilection towards violence in the first place. Yeah. And it's triggered by the video games. And if it's not the video games, it's going to be a movie. If it's not a movie, it's going to be a book. You know, the the, the catcher in the rye, you know, when uh shot John Lennon. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be the band the catcher in the rye. It's, it's 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 there. It's something will trigger it in these people that that it is there to begin with. So it's a flawed system. It meets our needs. And a lot more research needs to be done around it um, to, to see, is it, is it an actual thing? Yeah. Do you think the appropriate research is being done currently? Or do you feel like this is a not quite a big enough issue that that resources aren't quite going into it i think i think it's probably that i think it's it's mm -hmm. probably it's not i think as i said with the with the world health organization they've gone ahead and said it is and you know but it has to be you know over 12 months but that 12 months can be forfeit if it's really bad um so the other side of it then is you know we get all of these we can have all of these needs and it gets met then with each new game. Yeah, that is true. 
you know, so each new game we get a new sense of mastery, we get a new sense of autonomy, we get a new social connectedness. We get all of that in in any new game. The same as any new book will bring us off to an entirely new world. Yeah, you know, they had that we had the moral panic around pinball. We, you know, it's <laughs> any anything that corrupts the kids. You know, it's like The Simpsons. Won't someone please think of the children? Yeah, you know, anything that kids are interested in. It was it was Nintendo Tom at the time when Game Boy came out and stuff like that. It's there'll always be a moral panic around around something that is deemed to be corrupting children. That's that's deep. That's deep. So. Speaking of, um, you mentioned Grand Theft Auto. I was thinking, mm. and you're a big hip hop fan, especially yes, a '90s hip hop fan. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> who are some of your favorites in the hip hop genre? Before we go on to the next topic, before so I suppose what what I grew up, what I kind of grew up listening to was Public Enemy. Public Enemy were a massive influence on me. Chuck D, Flavor Flav, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of my friends were metalheads, so they were they were into rock and metal and Metallica and Anthrax and stuff like that. And then Public Enemy come out and they do a track with Anthrax called Bring yeah. the Noise. And that just united me and my friends. And, you know, because hip hop at the time was very much anti-establishment. It was it, it was the periphery, you know, it wasn't mainstream. You know, you listen to hip hop because you, you feel, you know, you didn't fit into the mainstream. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I, I was a white I was a white kid in, in Ireland, <laughs> you know, but mu- actually I already did. Um, Oh no! Pop, uh, I guess on our own podcast that's that's going out this week. Uh, Air Stejan is a rapper, and we were talking about how hip hop had become such an escape for us when we were younger. You know, my parents mm-hmm. were breaking up at the time. Um, you know, it was a very very dark time in my life. But hip hop was there for me. Music was there for me. Public Enemy was there for me. Um, Wu Tang were coming out. EPMD, Redman, That's Effects, Cypress Hill. You know, early nineties kind of golden era kind of hip-hop i mean that that was an escape for me you know oh, that's there really cool. video games really at that time you know i think that was kind of in a very middle period of a few of the consoles were there but you know nothing nothing was like it is now no for sure not and for me music music then was that escapism and mm-hmm. you know unbeknownst to me as a teenager i mean i was only diagnosed with autism last year but when i look back now you know i always i had my headphones in wherever i went because unbeknownst this is what it was doing to mask the sounds of the outside world hypersensitivity to sound pop the earphones in you know watching your mtv raps and and putting the putting the tape deck beside the the tv speaker to to record songs on the tape because you couldn't get them over here you couldn't get them in ireland in 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 the early 90s but unless you went to unless you could go to dublin and buy vinyl and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. It's it's just been a massive influence in my life, and you know, I still I'm, I'm still that '90s hip hop kid at heart because it was such a huge part. So when you get games like bringing out soundtracks, and you know, was it which which GTA was it? Was a tree that was basically the Scarface soundtrack? Yeah, it was. I think it was Vice City. Yeah, yeah. The, the the just how they've incorporated music into it, and again, you know, what do you not get to do in the real world if you're a kid? You don't get to drive around and pump whatever music you want. No, for sure not. You're doing GTA. For sure not. So you brought up GTA just now, and you were talking about the soundtrack. I got a question for you. What would be your perfect open-world video game soundtrack? So if a studio came to you and they were like, we want you to be in charge of like the soundtrack for our upcoming game, <laughs> what would you What would you want on that list? What would you put on it? See, I think, I think for me, 
and this is that's even worse. That's even worse than what your favorite what your favorite game is would be your favorite song, because for me, the influence of hip hop opened me up to so many different genres. Mm-hmm. So with the basis of hip hop, you've got funk, you've got disco, you've got soul, you've got jazz. There's so many different influences that that hip hop opened me up to. Of and you know I know there there's a big you know, there was a kind of big campaign against sampling, you know, during, mm-hmm. the, during the early 90s and George Clinton from Parliament and stuff like that, suing different bands. But without those samples, I would have never heard of George Clinton. I wouldn't no, have known for sure who not. Parliament was. I wouldn't have known who Bootsy Collins was. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't know who Miles Davis is. And then Guru and, and Premier come out and Guru does his Jazzmatazz album and you're like, oh, what's this music? What's... So I think with a basis of hip hop around something like G, and of course it's it's urban, yeah. <laughs> you know, quotation marks, urban mm-hmm. music. You know, so if you're driving around the city, I'm the same. If it's a hot summer day in Ireland, I gotta put on the hip hop. I yeah, have to have the sure. windows down and I have to listen to the hip hop. It's, it's just made for it's just made for driving around and it's made for made for the summer. So I think on, on a basis of hip hop, you could bring in so many different genres. And you know, I like everything. I don't care what it is. If I like it, I like it. You know, I yeah. Like so even outside like. of hip hop, what would you put on the list? Uh oh, do you know, do you know <laughs> um what what song I really and I unashamedly like, you know, call me maybe. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. What what a pop song. <laughs> what a pop song. I gotta put that in somewhere. I, just I can see you hijacking a car just listening yeah. to Call Me Maybe afterwards. <laughs> This is crazy. That's <laughs> you funny. know what? You gotta, you gotta put it in. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's Patrick Bateman in American Psycho to Huey Lewis, fucking hacking Jared Leto on the head with an axe. You know, you gotta put it in there. In some that sort sounds of... like a Harley Quinn thing. You know, like yeah, basically that's, that's hijacking. So yeah, yeah. We, we we did it here, Sebastian. So when when it happens in the future, we know some of the Warner Brothers has been listening to the podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. We need to yeah. collect the royalties off of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, but then, you know, I also go, I also go the other extreme, and I listen to a lot of kind of acoustic stuff like Mumford and Sons or Ben mm-hmm. Howard and Damien Rice. This this sort of stuff, you know, totally, totally completely the left field. The other side, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I just any 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 song that's good, I don't care. I don't care what the genre is. If it if it resonates, I'm not a musical snob, you know. And I think, and I've been grateful for that. That's just talking- my 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 own curiosity of different genres. I know, understand that completely. So different things. We were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy earlier, and like the video game, and I think that game is you know what it is because of its great soundtrack like the soundtrack yeah, just 100%, amplifies 100%. yeah amplifies everything that goes on around yeah. that game and yeah. if i was making a video game i would try to emulate that feeling to where like even though i'm going with a completely different genre than like a lot of the other songs like in that moment it does something to like the game the game player you know like saints row is like a primary example of like they have crazy songs in their game like they might have like power by kanye west or then they might have like you know in the heat of the night you know so i'm like there's completely different like off the wall songs that they have in their game mm-hmm. but at the moment they like really make you feel in in the moment so to speak and whatever you're doing they make you feel like hey i really am about to do like the most batshit crazy thing but this song is going on in the background and i'm all in for it yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think it was was it maybe like the NBA or the NFL games that really brought soundtracks to the, to I think the so. forefront. Um, I think so, because like NFL, especially like they 
and I, I can't remember if it was like oh six. I think they brought in like a Green Day, like two or three Green Day songs that really put those on the mm. map. And no, not Green Day on the map, of course, but like soundtrack yeah, yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. But like there was, they've done a really good job of diversifying their like portfolio as far as like the sound that they bring into those games. Because there are some songs I never even heard of, but I heard them in NBA 2K or, or in Madden of the past couple of years. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a banger. And I'm really like listening to that as I'm picking out my teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. FIFA as it's, well. It's, it's, FIFA the same. Too- it's the same recently with Stranger Things and what that did for Kate Bush and running up that hill. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then everyone's like, oh, these these kids, oh, they don't know. I, I remember Kate Bush. I had, I had running up that hill on my, on my iPod. That's how far mm-hmm. back I'm going. And you know, but then I seen a meme. Then I was like, "Like, why are you all hating on the kids? Like, you know, the first time you heard Bohemian Rhapsody was when you were watching Wayne's World." Yeah, for so, sure. <laughs> you know, if it opens up, and I know the big debate now around, oh, well, now they're going to just jump on Metallica because that was featured in Stranger Things. It's like if it opens them up to find the new music, whether that's from movies, TV shows, or video games, have at it. Like, thank you. At least people are getting to experience something different and diversifying their like music portfolio so to speak i love the fact that i saw a whole lot of people especially younger people listening to music like acdc because they watch iron man you know yeah there's yeah. nothing wrong with that there's nothing my, wrong my, with that my six-year-old son well i mean he was five at the time he played the uh on the lego avengers game and guardians of the galaxy when the guardians is in mm-hmm. it and it's got the song from guardians hey yeah mm-hmm. what's the man and now he has that, and that's on his Spotify list. You know, he has his own playlist. Uh, it's so you know, kitschy. In the car. You know, that's, that's a five-year-old is listening to that song, Redbone or whatever it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's like forty years ahead before his time, but he yeah. loves that song now. Yeah. No, that's before my time. I'm, I'm forty-five. <laughs> it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I I think music is such a like. It is also that escapism or also like it takes you to places to where you first heard that song. So I'm like, when you think of Guardians of the Galaxy and when you think of music around that soundtrack, it takes you back to Star-Lord dancing to that song at the beginning of the movie. And that's the only thing you can see. Yeah, it becomes synonymous. Yeah, It really does. It really does. So I got to ask you, what other games are you looking forward to playing this year? Um, I've been kind of, uh, I've been kind of keeping low down on on the games recently mm-hmm. because my own podcast, the Straight Talk on Mental Health podcast, is just so time consuming. Yeah, I understand. Uh, that. Whether that's like you know, you know yourself, you know what goes mm-hmm. into the podcast and editing and organizing guests and scheduling guests. You know, I'm as as we record, it's it's 11 p.m. nearly in on a Sunday night in in Ireland. You know, if I'm if I'm doing a guest, of a guest on the podcast is in the states, that's the same thing I was doing. You know, another podcast where I was 12.30 starting, 12.30 at night or 12.30 in the morning, starting the podcast, you know, because the, it was in America. Mm-hmm. So that becomes, that's kind of become all-consuming. And we, we've started doing videos on the podcast as well. So just uploading them onto YouTube, that's that's just started now. I literally had, uh, as on, on a Sunday night, I do a TikTok live, just answering mental health questions for people. You know, mm-hmm. they can just jump on and talk about, you know, ask any questions they can or they want to. Like, I literally finished exporting the, the next episode of the podcast at 8 p.m. I jumped on TikTok <laughs> Live at 8.02. You know, that's that's the kind of time. And then uh, jumping on, jumping on with yourself then. So it is a job. 
It really oh, is. Oh, totally. Yeah, 100%. It's it's so time-consuming. I don't think people understand uh, what what goes into it, the amount of work that goes into editing a podcast or, you know, getting social media posts or, you know, listening back, writing up a episode description, scheduling guests, guests bail on you. You're trying to, you know, run around, trying to fit someone else in. Mm-hmm. That, that That's really become a lot of work, and that's why I think, you know, I've kind of falling off of looking forward to something because it's like i'm just enjoying guardians at the minute yeah <laughs> that's, I that's, about, that's about all i can fit in yeah. i understand that's it's what's in front of you right now that's all mm. all you can actually worry about i get it completely mm. i get it completely so but you did mention um earlier before the show started you did get to see thor love and thunder what did you think of the movie i enjoyed it uh i did enjoy it but I thought it was a bit cartoony, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, I think they went just a bit too far with the humor. I, I think I they played it as, as, it as a comedy uh, and juxtaposed them with Christian Bale's character. I think you know, I think he deserved. I think he deserved more because he's yeah, a fantastic yeah. character. Um, yeah, I so, think they could have explored Gore a lot more, and I really wanted to see him be the God Butcher. Like we only got to see aspects, like the after effects of him, you know, slaying a god. But we mm-hmm. really, besides the beginning, we didn't get to actually see him in the act of doing that. Why was he yeah. so threatening to begin with? We didn't. We heard about it, but it was more of show, you know, like tale, but not necessarily show. Yeah, I wish there yeah. was more the other way around. Yeah, even I mean, even having you know Russell Crowe as as Zeus, like you know, and he's kind of prancing around in yeah. the in the gladiator like outfit. You know, I was like, oh look, look what we got Russell Crowe to do. You know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, uh-huh. this is funny, isn't it? That Russell accent Crow, made me laugh. I'm look, gonna you know. laugh. <laughs> the accent really made me laugh, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he tried to. It was a Greek accent. He was, he yeah. was doing or something. Yeah, yeah. that made me but laugh. I look, it's, it's it's a good popcorn movie. It's a good it's good escapism. It's the same as the video games. It's escapism, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't like people that whether it's video games or whether it's movies, people that just go out to hate on shit. Like, it's like, why? Like, mm-hmm. fucking life is too short. Just enjoy it. If you like it, go and see it. If you don't, so be it. Like, it's why invest so much into animosity it? into it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta tell everyone this sucks. This, 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 this. It's like, all right, you didn't like it. Relax. Like, it's a movie. <laughs> it's a video game. It cool really out, is. like. It really is. So, have you seen any other movies lately? Top Gun or anything? Oh, Top Gun was fantastic. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that I loved. I loved yeah. Top Gun. Yeah. And actually, it's ironic because I remember having, I had the thought myself sitting in the cinema um, and like fucking spoiler alert, the good guy wins. Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, hey, for anyone who hasn't seen it, sorry. Like, but you know, yeah. But I remember sitting there and I remember thinking, this is a perfect movie. And it's a perfect movie because. You know what? Uh, sometimes we need the good guy to win. Sometimes mm-hmm. we need the good guy to get the girl, because it doesn't happen in the real world. No, no. So to be just taken away, and the visuals. I mean, you know, we were talking about Ghost of Tsushima earlier. The visuals in that movie of top notch. You no, know, it's Absolutely not CG. Top-notch. It's like it's mm-hmm. all. Pra- it's like wow, like it's just that fantastic. Just a fantastic popcorn movie of just appreciate it for what it is. Like you know, a good, really good throwback to 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 the original. It reminded me a lot of like it's 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 a different type of movie, but it reminded me of the first time I saw like Die Hard in that sense to where I'm like, I love this. I'm just having pure fun with this movie and this movie is just all time great. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't don't analyze them. You know, just, just <laughs> enjoy yourself. Basically, bask in Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise in the jet. Yeah. And what in, more can you ask you know, for? In Mission Impossible, it's going to be Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise running around. Tom Cruise is going to be Tom Cruise. It is what it is. Like that's that's what he does well. I'm mm -hmm. not I'm not going to see Daniel Day Lewis. I don't want to see you know Tom Cruise play some character method acting Top Gun pilot. No, Tom Cruise be Tom Cruise. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you're you're not seeing an Oscar worthy movie, basically like a big no. like, emotional presence <laughs> film. Yeah. yeah, you're seeing a badass be a badass, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, any other um, movies or anything you're you're like pumped up to see? Uh, what I'm trying to think what else I seen recently. Thor was the last thing Top Gun prior to that. I was actually going to go and see Top Gun twice. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is I've, I've got the I've got the cinema class, so it's like, mm -hmm. but it's again, it's the same thing of not having the time. Um, yeah, really being restricted to, you know, I work. I'm a single dad, and then then my partner, she lives in Northern Ireland, so it's a long distance relationship. Mm -hmm. So free free time is, is is fairly scant at the minute with with the podcast yeah. and just life. You know, just being a therapist in private practice and being a single dad then and. It's it's a lot to it's a lot to kind of take in. It's like um yeah, I got my Batman t-shirt. Mm -hmm. I love the DC stuff. Did you watch the Batman? Oh, I did. I, like I loved, I loved mm -hmm. it. Uh, I loved that film. So, did you I, love the Riddler in it as well? Like everything about it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I, I really did. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't I, I didn't go into pick. You know, uh, I actually I'll tell you an interesting story around when I went to see the Batman. My daughter, my daughter uh, lives in Canterbury over in England, mm -hmm. and I was visiting her, and I didn't realize. I was like, "Oh shit, that's the that's the that's the week the Batman comes out." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what am I going to do?" So I booked. I, I met her for dinner on on the uh, Friday night, and then mm -hmm. I said, "Okay, I'll book the cinema on the Saturday night." We'd gone out on the Friday night, had maybe a few too many cocktails. I'm not a huge <laughs> drinker. But she was like, I was like, oh, what's that? She's like, oh, it's a porn star martini. I was like, oh, that's very tasty. Oh, that's fun. That, that tastes like lots more. <laughs> that sounds like more. a good drink. Yeah. And um, so the next day I was a little bit delicate. I was mm -hmm. a little bit delicate. I was like, she's like, you're going to get some tea? She's like, oh, you know what? I think I'm just going to go to the movies. Like, oh, I'll get some sweets. I'll get some candy. That'll fill me up. That'll do the job. Mm -hmm. So I walk into this cinema in Canterbury. And it's like this posh art house, artisan sort of fucking thing. There's no candy. Oh, but what? you can get like um like artisan hot dogs. You can you can get olives. You can get your glass of wine, and you've got your little small table and the on the chair beside your seat for that. Doesn't feel like the movies wine. though, does it? Did no. I was like, I, I want like a bucket of coke. Like just, exactly. Like, you know, I'm a little bit hungover. Just let me eat a lot of shit <laughs> until I feel better. Like I'm so, like, I'm let me eat my greasy food. Yeah, so I booked my seat. I think it was like D3. So it was, it was nice, small, nice, small theater. Mm -hmm. And I got them right in the middle, middle, middle. I'm taking it all in, everything. I've got the surround sound everywhere. The, 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 the screen is the size of my, my you know, peripheral vision and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And next thing, this couple come in and, you know, proper English, uh, Kent in England. It's like, it's very posh and, and, and to talk like Bridgerton and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, excuse me. Uh, I think you're in our seats. Uh -huh. I'm like, no, no, I got you know D3. Here you go. And I was like, oh, we've got D3 as well. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, do you know what? You sit there. It's okay. You know, two of you can sit there. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll just sit somewhere else. So I move. There's no one in there at this point. They were the first yeah. people in. Movie starts at seven thirty. 
And then I was like, oh, this is grand. There's no one else coming in, so I'm not going to have to move. Obviously, everyone was just skipping the trailers. Yeah, for sure. So next thing, everyone piles in. So I'm texting my daughter. I'm going, oh, shit. Like, there's lots of people coming in. People after sitting in my seats. She's like, what are you going to do? I was like, oh, I'll train. I'll just book online. I said, I don't know what's going on. So I checked my ticket. I fucking booked it for the Friday night. And oh, I was sitting no. in there on the Saturday night. <laughs> no. So, so she's like, what are you going to do? I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, I'm trying to get on the website. The website won't load. I'm trying to get a ticket. She's like, oh, hang on. I'm trying to get it. I'll, I'll try to book one here for you. I said, hang on. I'm just going to run down to the lobby. So mm-hmm. I ran down to the lobby. And I said, look, I'm after booking the wrong one. You know, can you see? Oh, she's like, there's one seat left. Middle of the front row. Oh and no! Like, I'm looking at I'm looking at the bloody thing like this for three oh, hours. No, <laughs> neck cramps. I, I needed a neck brace. After. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I still enjoyed the movie. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. good because I, I I'm not a front row seater. Like I'd rather no, just... never. No oh, way. For sure not. It was literally the last seat. For sure not. Even with the reclining chairs that they have nowadays, I'm still not a front row kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, but. Next time you watch something and you feel like nerding out and you feel like you really want to talk about it, just jump on the Pro Nerd Report and we can talk about all that sweet nerdy goodness. And with Absolutely, all the man. And TV I would shows. love that. This, this has been an absolute joy. This is, I'm normally on podcasts being professional and talking therapy or talking mental health stuff. So to come on here and rock out the Batman t-shirt. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's been a pleasure, Sebastian. Well, Alan, we thank you for being on the show. Before we go, where can the good people find you? Yeah, so you get us on the Straight Talk and Mental Health Podcast. So that is on inter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and uh, Twitter at STMH Podcast. The website is at is www.stmhpodcast.com. It's a very informative. We try to be informal and you know, I'm like this. You know, this is this is the way I am, but I'm just talking about like bipolar disorder or something. Mm-hmm. Um so we try to reach as many people. Um that probably wouldn't necessarily have the conversation around mental health. And we just try to do that by being ourselves, by being informal, by try, trying to be informative and just doing what we can, just to try and help people as, as much as we can. So the website is scmhpodcast.com or people can email if they've got any comments or anything like that. Hello at scmhpodcast.com. You'll get us on all of the all of the social media then and our new YouTube channel. So um, that that hopefully people enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, go check him and his all of the their content out. It's great material. I would highly recommend it. Thank you again, Alan, for being on the Pro Nerd Report, and we can't wait to have you back. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Sebastian. Thank you. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I just want to remind you that you can get Notable Nerds every single Thursday, and we're going to bring you the dopest guest in the nerd community. If you want to suggest a nerd that you think should be on the show or discuss topics of an episode with others, join us on the Pro Nerd Report Facebook group. Once you're in, go ahead and provide some feedback. The link to join us in the Pro Nerd Report free Facebook group is in the show notes. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope to catch you every single Thursday. Holla at your boy later. Peace.